Hey, could I sneak right past you real quick? Oh. 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 Hey, you're on fire. We've got scoring. We've got scoring here. See, nobody cares. Just give me a hot dish so I can play some duck, duck, gray duck. What else can we expect from TPC in the Twin Cities? Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Jeez. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Hiya. Yeah. Hiya. Yeah. It's okay. Go Bears. Oh. Oof, da. Oh, yeah. There are yeah. a lot you of golfers that can win. Oh, oh, you betcha. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for cute. The memorial is over, and Johnny Rom is your champion. And as great as last week was, the beat goes on. And the 3M Championship is here. And the cut line has the goods this week to get your lineups a-rolling. But first, hello Canada. Hello Australia. Hello USA. Hello UK. Hello Australia. Hello New Zealand. Hello Spain. Germany. Ireland. Switzerland. Sweden. Hello Minnesota. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, jeez. New listeners, you can subscribe to, uh, on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Cutline is dedicated to providing you the best PGA DFS analysis. If you like what you're hearing, please don't hesitate to give us a like or a comment. To returning listeners, Cancel. So hot right now. Minnesota. So hot. Give a shout out to Mr. Minnesota himself, my buddy living in the land of 10,000 lakes, Ryan Kaiser. 
one of the original listeners of this show. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mike Kevlunas at Lunas on Twitter. Excited to break down the 3M Classics. Sunday fun day. Had a sweat going on last weekend. And oh man, was it tasty. Mm-hmm. But then the wind arrived. But I cannot, will not, shall not do this show alone. The other man on the mic, the myth, the majesty, the wizard, the maestro of the 6K range, Mulligan Manafort, Zero Iron Zack, Mai Tai Manafort, the 6K slayer, Mr. Guarantee himself, Zack Manafort. You can find Zack on Twitter at EaglesFan83. No longer in Hangover Purgatory, Zach. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, baby, doing good. Last week was a was a doozy. I'm ready. I'm ready for an easier scoring course. Not the 80 plus we're gonna see this last week. That was a uh, heartbreaking to say the least. Sometimes, but a good 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 weekend of golf. I had some serious sweat going in on Sunday, and and if people listen to the show, they should have to. Uh, it, like, oh yeah. We were on point. Oh yeah. It was oh yeah. Fire! Fire! Oh yeah! Fire! Straight fire. Um, I was I was top fifty in some in the Mayo. I was top fifty in the two hundred single entry, and then came. I'll get into it a little bit later. Adam Adam Hadwin Sunday, but <laughs> I still yeah. made money, and I was still happy about that. What could have been? What could have? been? been but we are going to go straight into our dumbass award this week and this week's winner goes to mirfield feel uh mirfield village the not giving a fuck we got to give something to the wind too man yeah you know i said it it got pushed back a little bit you know we record early but it showed up and it fucked some shit up if I had to play golf in that, I would have stopped. I would have quit. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible. People hitting in the wall. Whatever the case was. It was still fun. It was, still fun. It, was good. it was fun to watch. But, you know, it'll be an interesting dynamic to switch from that to draining birdies and long drives this week. Yeah, exactly. So, let's go straight into it. Good, bad, and the ugly. Good, the, the plays that we just love. The bad lineups that, that were just bad calls. Ugly things that just hurt us in some form or fashion on the weekend. Uh, good. And I'm sure you could agree with this. Johnny Rahm and our yeah. nail on him. I mean, it was that was the only one. He was it. The only guy I wanted to play in that range. On fire. Just dominated. I mean, here's the thing. We said on last week's show, how do you not play Johnny Rahm? And people didn't play John Rahm. I don't know. I it just it was just like, okay, I get it, ownership, but that's last week wasn't the time to fade the guy that was just in a prime spot to destroy the whole field. He didn't have to win. And he paid no. off. Yeah, he was so underpriced. Was like, just, he could have topped absurd. 20 and paid off. It was absurd the way he was priced. I don't understand. We talked about how he should have been $10,000 at least. Nope. Um, long story short, when I ran the ownership projections, I'm like, no, this can't be right. Like, people so are going to fade John Rom. I built lineups. I swear to God, I ended up in with 80% of my lineups. It was you insane. Had to. It forced you to. If you didn't play him, you were wrong. All right, well, straight into the bad. The bad is uh, Dustin Johnson. I don't disagree with you there. I said it last week. I'm like, can't do it. I know, but that was my bad, man. I, I just <laughs> You nailed it. You said can't play him. I, I, I was high on him. I didn't end up super high on him. Um, That's good. 
it, I, it changed, you know, as the week progressed and I started building the ROM lineups. I'm like, I, I can't have DJ like that much. No. Um, Good. I, I still played him, but uh, man, dude, that guy sucked. Yep. That was the bad. What about you? What was your bad? Uh, Sanjay, man. I, I, I kind of got talked onto him during the show last week, but I don't He's. I don't think the Terminator is still the Terminator anymore. I'm glad he's taking a week off, so maybe that's what he needs, but yeah, I, it just was... Ugh, I'm not a fan. Well, when I talked him up, though, I said you don't need a lot of them. You, did, I didn't, I didn't have a lot. I was just, I threw him in there, and you know, he sat, he looked good after I kind of looked at it. Like, yeah, he's, he's always making cuts. He's racking up points. He didn't need to win, but you know, he just didn't look good. 78 in the first round, which I get, I get it. People were struggling all weekend, but yeah, I expected more. Yeah, well, well that's different. That's different. <laughs> All right, my uh, my ugly is uh, Adam Hadwin, and Ooh, yeah, he got and you. this this also I, I, he made the cut. You know, he he helped you score with DraftKings scorings for three days, but I even said on the show I was like, man, I don't know if I could play Adam Hadwin if it's gonna be windy. Yep. And I took the risk of Sunday really not like we were, you know it was Wednesday night you're building lineups I'm like ah I will change by Sunday it won't be that bad on Sunday and God it got worse. Yeah. And um. It really screwed me over because he was in my my single entry, which, you know, long story short, if I could go back in time, obviously I would change Hadwin out to like Patrick Reed. God, that guy's good in the win. But ah oh, man, that was an ugly, just a lineup slayer for me in terms of like huge money. True. Yeah. I mean, he, he what nine over in in the last round. Not as bad as answer. You talk about yeah. shock that burned oh, people. Man. Ooh. That 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 actually won me like 150 bucks in in the in a single entry because he was so bad that I ended up winning it with a five of six. One of the guys had six of six, and his six of six were so bad that he didn't even get it. Like he didn't even sniff the top. It was crazy. That's crazy. I know. Well, what are you gonna do? Can't do it. But you're ugly. Ricky Fowler, 81 in the first round. Come on, man. He's supposed to be good here. I'm, we, we talked about it briefly. I'm still on the married man curse, and he's not the same Ricky Fowler. I'm sticking to it. I, don't, I think he's on my non-play list for a while. I'm not going to buy the married. I mean, buy it. Rory, Rory's true. married. Sergio's married. Yeah, but it's like the year after. Tiger's I mean? married again. Yeah, well, he went through a long period of time where he was in trouble. We talked about it. I'm telling you. Some guys it affects differently. It's the young guys. The young guys that were crushing it on tour... Before they got married. Wait, Fowler's never Fowler crushed. Shit. We talked about that too. Well, I'm not he, getting in the same argument. Uh, he's never, right, we'll he's never on. crushed. All he did was wear Multiple orange. He wore orange. And number, and he wore orange, dude. He, he wore doesn't orange. Have to win to crush. He wore orange. He's, he's he wore orange. Been, oh, let's uh, like Ricky Fowler. Oh, he wears uh, orange. Oh, that's cool. Nice mustache. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. Hey, Over it. Get yourself a hot dish. Don't play Ricky Fowler. You betcha. <laughs> now the cut, anyway. line, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth analysis, in-depth DraftKings analysis of the 3M Open. We're going to do the best we can. I had no idea those beer cans were going to blow like that. You left them on a vibrating bed. What did you think was going to happen? Give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax greenside send traps and a putt that might drop in through the back door. 
And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. Cut line is here to give you the plays, the goods, to build your best lineups week in and week out, so that if you're not doing as well as you would hope, the cut line has all of the answers. As always, a special thanks to BJ and Fantasy National with all the stats they provide. But Zach, it's Wednesday night. Lineups lock early the following morning. What, oh what, are you going to be doing? Well, this week, I think I am going to be doing something in true Minnesota fashion and play some Duck Duck Grey Duck with the wee ones in the neighborhood. But I will be maintaining an appropriate social distance because I have one of those little toy grabber claws that you used to have like way back in the day. So that's what we're going to use. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, okay, well. I got to keep them entertained. <laughs> I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be on FanShare Sports. FanShare Sports provides the best analytics, research, and ownership projections in the industry. How do I know this? Because I provide the ownership projections we're looking at a 0.91 average right now rs cute man that's uh i'm, I'm acing the course dude sample size is getting bigger and he's just sticking it sticking it every time scotty's on fire i love it anyways subscribe to fanshare sports fanshare easy way sign up use the discount uh in the discount code write the word cut line and get 20 percent off your subscription Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. Man. TBC Twin Cities. The PGA Tour tackles the 3M Open. Once again, we're looking at a scorer's course. We lack a lot of historical data, but we stare into one of the weakest DraftKings fields we have seen since the return of PGA Tour. Have no fear. The cut line is here. Past winners on this tour, on the on the tour in the field, include Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, last year's champ here, Matthew Wolf, Bubba Watson, and Paul Paul Casey, just to name a few. Zach, what are the golfers going to be challenged with this tournament? They're not going to be challenged. So uh, TPC Twin Cities in Minnesota, par seventy one, and it used to, usually is used for the Champions Tour on the senior event, but. It has been increased by 350 yards to 7,468 yards and a par 71. So we saw it for the first time last year since the increase, which played extremely easy. Uh, the 3M Open executive, Hollis Kavner, wrote last year that he doesn't want to have the hardest course on tour. He wants birdies and train wrecks, and there's bogeys are just no fun to watch. So how do they handle that? Pretty easy. They make a lot of drivable courses, drivable holes, and they put a ton of bunkers and, has, and water hazards in play. So we've got bent grass courses, they're bent grass greens this week. At 12.5 should be the stint meter, so you know, a little bit over average speed. 27 water hazards, so there's water everywhere. 10 of them are in play, so that should be interesting. 72 bunkers scattered throughout the course should make for quite a bit of scrambling plays, but it's pretty easy to score. Huge greens, 74% greens and regulations here last year, and 66% fairways and regulations. That's uh, pretty easy. Let's combine that with the average driving distance here is just shy of 300 yards. So we've been seeing a lot of short courses and second shot stuff coming up for like the last couple of weeks. And it is going to be, I mean, Bryce, if Bryson was here, it's just overpower and play. It's going to be easy. It's going to be the low scoring. The whole, the whole week's going to be great. When we look at the weather. The only thing that could really throw us up is the weather. 
Thursday and Friday look pretty good. Thursday is real calm. Friday is a wind pickup, but it's only gusts and it's all day, so there's no real advantage or disadvantage to any tea times from what it looks like. And then Saturday's fine, and we see some potential rain right now, Saturday night into Sunday, which can make the final round even lower scoring. So it actually could be a really good tournament to watch uh, and play out, as, as opposed to watching the train wrecks of 79, 80, and 81 uh, scorecards we saw last week. So all that to say, what am I looking at for this week? Uh, and it really just boils down to scoring, 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 and more scoring. So I'm looking at strokes gained, tee to green, strokes gained approach, strokes gained ball striking, and then DraftKings points, birdie or better gained, and then good drives because I want guys that are distance and accuracy. Uh, and I think there's a ton of guys here that are just going to put up ridiculous numbers. Uh, you don't have to be the best golfer in the world, so I think it levels the playing field a little bit. Um, it's just going to be an interesting week. I think the pricing is pretty bad. Uh, so we'll see. What, what stats are you looking at? I'm looking at ball striking, approach, fairways gained, birdie or better percentage, uh, driving distance, um, scoring, and DraftKings points. Uh, I'm really going to focus on more of the last 24 to 36 rounds versus like the 12 or the last 50. Um, I really want to get the kind of a real good scope of how golfers are playing in in our return since the COVID break. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. It, it is really a second shot course, though I, I wouldn't count out like long hitters either. Um, but you still got to get the ball close to the pin. These are big, 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 huge greens. So greens and regulation are going to happen like crazy here. But are they going to be having like a, on average, a 12 putt, a 12 foot putt, a 10 foot putt? Or are they going to be looking at 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet? So basically I'm looking for our scores and, and I really want to take advantage of how well people have been playing lately. And um, the leverage comes in that, you know, in that 8K, 7K range, which we're going to dive into. I agree. He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this takes us to our birdie or better segment where Zach and I break down each tier of golfer from the 11K range down to the 7K range in this week's DraftKings player pool. And we'll give you a look at our favorite plays as well as the golfers that we intend to fade, not not be overweight on, whatever the case may be. But uh, we, we have some interesting golfers in every range. We're going to start it off with that 11 to 10K range. And I'll let you kick it off, man. All right, so I'm going to go with... Uh... Paul Casey, I think at 10-1 is an interesting play for me. When I look at his last 50 rounds on par 71 courses, he just is a monster. He ranks out number one in my model, first in tee to green, first in approach, second in DK points, third in birdies are better, fifth in good drives, and second in ball striking. All that to say, he's also a solid putter on bent grass. This is best, basically his best field. The last 100 rounds putting, he's 19th in the field of strokes game putting on bent grass. There is only one person above him who is better than that, pricing-wise. It's the guy I'm not touching this week in Brooks Kepka. Um, I I know he burned some people last week when he missed the cut, uh, but you know he really it was just around around the green game that struggled. I don't think that's going to be an issue this week. I think off the tee and approach, he's going to crush it and he's going to shoot low. It's an easier course. Uh, he's going to excel on the greens, and I love Paul Casey. He's, he's probably my number one in this play behind behind Fleetwood. Paul Casey looks good. Of course, the miscut might throw people off, but I think it's such a weak field that people are still going to be on Paul Casey. I, I think, in general, people are just sharper nowadays with yeah, PGA DFS, and you're not going to get the ownership leverage of a miscut with Paul Casey. So he's still going to be popular. Of course, looking at um, 
things that I noticed. He's 14th in my approach rank model. He's 17th off the tee. He's 27th in scoring. And the, the, there, there really aren't too many concerns that I have with Paul Casey. I mean, he's a solid player, all-around player. I wouldn't necessarily rank him number one in this range. That's going to go to Tony Finau for me. But yeah. I, I, I just I like Casey. I like what he's bringing to the table. I like what he has to offer. Um, in the last 36 rounds that he plays, he ranks uh, 11th in the field in strokes game total, second in tee to green, first in ball striking, third off the tee, and third in, in approach. Um, the putter is one of those things that's very volatile. Obviously, it's been off for Casey, especially if you look at last weekend, but Mirfield's a whole different ball game at the Memorial. So, Casey, I'm probably going to end up having a lot of them. Um, Kind of just a segue, I already mentioned him, Tony Finau. I think he's in play. I think he, he's one of those guys where people are going to start building lineups. And he, he at 10-9 for Tony Finau seems a lot. Yeah. Now, how influential is last weekend going to be for him? You know on Twitter he said, oh, I shot the 59. Last weekend he finished in eighth. I think if Sunday's not as bad weather-wise, he's in the top three, possibly winning that tournament. And then you look at the history here. He finished in 23rd last year. Tony Finau, why is he not an option? You're saying, eh, why? Uh, he's not not an option. I just don't know that I want to pay 10-9 for Tony Finau when I could pay 800 less for Casey. I mean, that's really what it comes down to for me. I'm only playing two guys in this range, and, and Finau is just too high-priced for me. That's my only beef. I, I think he's a great player, and I think he sets up well for this course, but... I like taking less risk with Casey, where he doesn't have to win. Where if you take Tony Finau at ten nine, I think he has to top three this thing. Well, you're you're taking this guy based on the field, right? You're not taking him for like Ooh, Finau. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's such an easy course that it's not going to be hard for people to hang with Finau. So I don't know that I want to pay ten nine and then limit myself to guys that are just not going to have a chance. Where there's tons of guys in the low eights, high sevens that I can squeeze in with Casey. No, that makes sense. I, I think there's 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 a leverage to be said with Finau skipping out on him in the three max, fading him in the single entry, but most definitely having pieces of him in, in MME, maybe a 20 max. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not a bad play by any means. I'm just, just not fitting what I'm trying to do this week. Yeah, well, in terms of strokes gain categories, last 36 rounds, Finau, Finau ranks number one in DraftKings points. T to green in strokes gain total. So he's on fire. Everywhere else he ranks top 20, except for strokes gain putting where he's ranked 40th. So it's Finau statistically, metrically looks fantastic, but um, I I don't disagree. There's there's ways to get around playing Tony Finau this weekend, especially with the ownership and the leverage. Um, Guy we need to talk about, and a guy I always love to hate to play is Tommy Fleetwood. Um, we haven't seen him, right? Nope. He's been gone. Nope. He, this is the first time back over here on the PGA Tour. So, I mean, we haven't seen him since since the COVID hiatus. Where are you at on, on Fleetwood? Yay or nay? Man, I was big yay on him, but the limited reading I've done so far on what everyone else is talking about is everybody is talking about Fleetwood. So that makes me just want to get off him altogether. Okay. I, I, I mean... Fleetwood's phenomenal. Uh, can he win? Is he the Ricky Fowler of 2020 where he gets second place a bunch of times? It seems to be it. But, I mean, runner-up, 
All every time he comes close, runner up. Oh, high price for a runner up. Now he's never won on tour. No, ever. He's never won no. on PGA tour. I, right. I I think that's that's very important to say here. Yeah, it just and he's he's becoming the chalk, and I don't want a guy who's never won becoming the chalk. My thing is that we haven't seen him. That too. You know, we haven't seen him since he's uh, since where the the API was the last time we saw him uh, on tour. Yes, and he missed the cut. He missed he the missed cut with a plus bad. eight. Like he was brutal. Um, yeah. Not not that I'm going to take into consideration where you know with everything that's gone on, but um, I, I'm going to have a hard time playing Fleetwood without something to support the rationale to play him. If you want so some rationale, he played the best golf of this of uh, the last season's tour in July. <laughs> oh, there you go. He got second in the Open, then he got fourth at WGC St. Jude, and a thirteenth at the Travelers in late June. So, okay, maybe he plays well in July. Let me go back to the previous July. Okay, all right, we've got some data. So in twenty eighteen, he got sixth at the Canadian Open and twelfth at the Open. With the second at the U.S. Open from June to July in 2018, we might have a pattern going here. 27th at the Open in 2017, so he plays pretty solid golf in, in July. So if you want, you want to play that route. There you go. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I don't know if that that is accurate at all because, you know, the Open's not over here, so it's kind of hard to compare. But whatever. I'm not playing him. I'm off him. I've talked myself out of it. I'm on. Uh, I'm only on Paul Casey. Okay, Paul Casey. And maybe some female, now that I have some room. But mostly, I'd be like 80% Casey, 20% female. In lineups that I go with the 10K guy. I mean, I was hoping you would play in Europe, right? I was hoping you would play in the Austrian Open. Yes, yeah, something. Like, But Come he doesn't play in anything. No. And that just, like, that's just bad right but it's Fleetwood playing on an easy course he makes the cut he figures it out Saturday Sunday isn't the British Masters this week uh it is next weekend no it's this weekend you're right this week it's today it's tomorrow it's tomorrow so he didn't qualify is he not qualified for that or what he's not playing I mean he's not playing in it it's tomorrow (laughs) why would you why would you click this event over that because you want to go to St. Jude and then go to the PJ Championship. Yeah, I, guess, I guess that's true. All why, right, that makes sense. Why? Why wouldn't you want to do that? Get, yeah, get your ass to America and and figure it out, right? Fair enough. I mean, we could go over Fleetwood stats in his last thirty-six no. rounds, but they don't really quantify to anything apply. that's recently. So it's it Fleetwood, I guess, is like a coin flip, and unfortunately, you're gonna have to make a gut call. As a listener has, has, has kind of pointed out to me, don't don't listen to don't my call gut call. On, gut. <laughs> like, ooh. Ooh. All right. So, um, last guy I want to mention in this range is Dustin Johnson, and the only reason I do want to mention is is he's one of those guys who was so bad last weekend that you might get some ownership leverage on him this weekend. He, in terms of Vegas odds, he's number one in my simulation projection model. He's averaging a seventh finishing position in my aggregate model ranks fifth overall my weighted effects rate he ranks ninth overall he's got the goods here with an approach um 
you know, you take away last weekend, of course, the win at the Travelers, making the cut, the Heritage finishing 17th. You know, he is a he's he's just a volatile player now, right? I I think there is some merit to taking the top guy whose ownership is probably going to be reduced due to the fact that he is top priced guy. And the field is so weak. You could build lineups with Dustin Johnson. No, you definitely could, but I will not. Yeah, we know that you won't. <laughs> I do have to mention that, and we should just mention it, that Brooks Kepka had an MRI right before the memorial on that same knee they had surgery on last week, and he said he had an issue hitting it out of the bunker. I want nothing to do with Brooks Kepka for a long time if that his knee is already bothering him this early into the season. I just want to point it out. Yeah, he's been bad. In the last 24 rounds, uh, well, in the last 24 rounds on bent grass, you know, he, he's 117th in approach, 101st in good drives. Like, he, he ranks really bad, dead last and everything on Brooks Kepko. Going back to DJ, though, he, he you know, he's kind of like middle of the pack. You look at the strokes gained in the last 36 rounds since we've been back, Kepko looks a lot, lot better. But he has mentioned the whole knee issue thing. That that turns me off him as well. I don't think a lot of people are going to own him. He's going to be single-digit ownership. Kepka is for I think, sure. I think he bombs this just to say he played an event and gets some rest for WGC. I, I just don't see any reason why he needs to compete here and risk hurting himself when next week he can just collect a free check and play better. Why travel, man? Why travel during the, the times? It, it doesn't make yeah. sense to me. But No. All right, so that that, that take care, takes care of that top range. Let's go to the 9K range. And this range interests me, and my favorite play, without a doubt, is the glove, Lucas Glove. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, he's going to be popular. You know, we're looking at 20% or higher ownership right now as I'm looking at it. Um, but in my simulation model, average finishing of top 25, 73. 84 DraftKings points. I haven't projected 82 DraftKings points. with so ranked second of all the players on the slate. Um, the guy fits the course so well. Loves the course. Overall stat model ranks number two overall in the putting. He's kind of in the middle, but his approach game is off the green game. His scoring glove is perfect at 9-4. People have to make some interesting choices going down below him when they put piece these lineups together, but Lucas Glover is one of my key core plays for me this weekend. Yeah, I don't, don't disagree at all. He's he's my number one play in this range as well, and I only have two of them. Who's number two? Uh, Russell Henley at 94, 92, right below him. I, I have him at seventh overall, just looking at his bent grass. Oh, not his bent grass, I'm sorry. His par 71 performances over his last 50 rounds. He's fifth on approach, 13th in tee to green, third in good drives. 18th in ball striking. I like the fact that he missed the cut here last year, uh, which is fine. It was the first time it's played, but he's been getting better since the break. He missed the cut at the RBC Heritage, 32nd at the Travelers, and then 7th at the Workday, a charity open. And he took last week off, which is great because I don't like guys playing four or five weeks in a row. I love it. He's been getting strokes to the green. He went, he lost 2.8 at the RBC. He gained 9.1 TD Green at the Travelers. He gained 11 at Workday Charity Open. I mean, those were not easy courses either. Where he struggled was putting. And he's a decent to average putter uh, on bent grass. So I will take that as a positive. Um, I'm all over him this week. I, uh, I am too. Like kind of things you mentioned. In my custom stat model on Fantasy National, he's seventh in my model. Um, third in ball striking, first in approach, sixth in good drives, and he's second in greens and regulation gain. 
The, those are all some of the key stats that I'm looking at. Russell Henley fits that mold. A lot of my lineups, more than likely, my, my three max are going to start with Lucas Glover and Russell Henley. I'm not going to even touch those 10K guys. But um, I, I, they go one and two, and I think it's like it's more like 1A, 1B for Glover and Henley. I, I, like the other 9K guys don't really touch anything with me. Um, but I, I, I do want to mention Matt Wolf, man. The guy won here last year, and... You know, it, it, he has more wins on tour than than Tommy Fleetwood, but it, it was his first PGA Tour win. Um, we're talking about a guy who's consistently inconsistent as we look at it. I mean, second at the Rocket Mortgage, miscut at the Workday, 22nd at the Memorial. Typically, historically, even though we have limited data on Matthew Wolf, his worst putting surface is bent grass, bent greens, but... Um, you know he he. This is Bent Green's up here at at the 3M Open, and he won it last year. He played out of his mind in approach, and he was just insane tee to green, gaining 13.3 strokes last year tee to green. Matthew Wolf. So you look recently, and Wolf is is kind of off his game. You look at the last 36 rounds, he ranks 81st in tee to green, 25th in ball striking, 9th off the tee, and 89th in approach. So you're kind of hoping that he finds something here. But um, former winner here might have some good vibes. I, I, I'm going to have pieces of Matt Wolf. My only beef with Matt Wolf is he's 9,700 this year, and I think he was like 7K here last year. So you're, you're putting a, a lot of salary at risk for a guy who basically is a one and done on, for a while. Yeah, but last year's field had, had decent golfers. You had. Decky here last year. You had Phil here last win. year. Regardless if they can or can't win, the, the the point is that like you had a different field. Like Matt Wolf, I think, even though overpriced when we look at him at nine K, yeah. Too much money. I, but Hey, I don't know. The field last year I don't think it was even I think it's about the same, if not weaker last year. You have no Kepka, you've got no Fleetwood, you've got, I mean, it really wasn't that strong outside of Bryson, and that's it, really. You're just going to not include. I'm not going to include Morikawa and Hovland because they were not in, like, the more, I mean, Morikawa is good, but he wasn't in the form that he is in now. But that's it. I mean, there was no one else that was, like, dominant. Well, I mean, are you talking about standings? Are you talking? Are you talking about standings? Are you talking about like golfers? I mean, Hadwin was here last year. Yeah, Glover was here last year. Matsuyama. They're not not strong golfers. They're like good. They're not elite. Terminator was here. Burger was here. Not elite. Not elite. You don't. don't Burger is top twenty. Top twenty-five. Finau. Finau was here last year. Yeah, but he's okay. Fine. Finau. I'll give you Reed was but here. No Patrick Reed was here. Neiman was here Reed last is, year. No, Reed is not a Dude, lead. last year's field was way harder than this year's field. You're, 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 well, that's different. <laughs> well played. All right. Fine. Anyway, where where the fuck were we, dude? I don't know. Fucking uh, show up. Uh, where were we? All right. I'll, I'll pick it up for you here. Um, 9K range. Okay. Anyways, Wolf, too much money. Then, then I mean, then you're gonna argue that the Bubba Watson's too much money, and I think Bubba Watson's nope. in play as well. Nope. <laughs> no, he can't putt on bent grass. Terrible. No thanks. Dude, he can't putt. What are you talking about? 
Well, okay, I was trying to give him a little bit of credit, but yeah, he's 110th in the field on Ben Grass. Stroke game. Putty. No, thank you. Shaping shots, scoring, driving the ball. I like Bubba Watson here. All pieces. All right. Eight case. Eight K range. Man, I'll tell you what. I uh, I like guys in the eight K range, but they're all terrible putters. So I'm gonna ride the Bubba Watson's terrible putter, but I'm gonna pick some guys that are also pretty terrible. Uh, first one I'll mention is Eric Van Ruin, the eighty eight hundred. He ranks 20th for me, and that's because he scores a lot. DK scoring, he's 7th on par 71 courses, and 8th on Burry's better gain, and 16th on ball striking. Granted, on bent grass over his last 100 rounds, he is 125th on the field, but he only has 18, 18 rounds that are scored for that. So I'm hoping that the sample size is so small that he actually doesn't suck as bad as I think he does on bent grass, and I really like Van Ruin here. Um, he got 22nd in the Memorial last week. Again, where he was hurting was putting, so you know it doesn't do it well for me. But I will play a bunch of him this week. Huh? A lot of people are betting him. Number really? One, number went down fast. Yeah. Uh, well, that's unfortunate. But I like that people are betting him. He's one sort of on the right track. So, um, I, I get it, and he kind of ranks for me just like it, almost in the middle. You know, of this yeah. range. Um, I get why people are on him, and, and, and he's going to be popular, but I, I really like Doc Redman a little bit more. I think he's going to be chalk. That's my only problem. I think Rui, Van Ruyen's going to be chalk, too. Really? Yeah, man. Oh, Redman's got history. Yeah, Van Ruyen like, doesn't play a lot. Dude, he's been talked about all week. Like, already, already people are like, go bet Van Ruyen before that number gets to... See, I, don't, I try not to listen to anything until after the show. So that's, that's unfortunate. Because it might, it might take me off him a little bit. Well, I I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think he'd be I didn't think he'd be popular. Honestly. Dude, I started doing the ownership projections and and like I got him right now at a you know anywhere between fifteen and twenty percent. Oh, that's way too high. Okay, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that then. But that's Van Ruyen. Um, All right, I got. I mean, Redmond might be chalk donkey, and I'm still wanting to play. I still want to play him. I mean, I still have pieces of him. I just don't. I was going to be overweight. I don't think I can be overweight when he's fifteen to twenty percent owned. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. May I? Uh, Who you got? May, yeah. May I talk about Redmond? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Um, third in third overall in my pro trick model. Like I said, this course is a second shot course. I love Redmond's game when it comes to the approach. The greens are massive, so we're not talking about around the green game here for Redmond. But he is going to have to find that putter, which often comes and goes for him. Um, hits the fairway is a scoring machine. At 8,700, he's good leverage, and you could start your lineups with Doc Redman if you really want to get different and just build something interesting here this weekend. Now, he did miss the cut last weekend. I already talked about this. Players this players in PGA are sharper. It's not going to throw out down his ownership. I'm not kidding. I really think he's going to be the highest-owned golfer. If not, top five for sure. Top five highest-owned golfer um, this weekend. Um you know, and it really, I hate mentioning other shows, but it really kind of, it depends on how much Gup's Corner kind of talks them up because they always talk about, always, always talk about Doc Redman. <laughs> and I know Doc, I know Gup has a huge following. And if he talks up Redman, it's going to just influence ownership. Now, the one thing is, in terms of his putting, Redman's worst putting surface by far is bent greens so you do have to take that into account and the putter's been cold since we've gotten back from um the break 
with him only gaining strokes in the Rocket Mortgage at three and a half, where he finished in 21st. So, anyways, Doc Redman, 28th in strokes gained total in the last 36 rounds, 8th in tee to green, 3rd in ball striking, 2nd in approach. Um, where he struggles, obviously, is with the short stick, but 16th in DraftKings scoring. Doc Redman, yes, please. <sighs> All right. I don't. I mean, I agree with the stats. I just, I, I worry the ownership, as you mentioned. But that, that's my only. He's always overrun lately. Got to eat chalk somewhere, I guess. I guess so. Next guy I want to mention is Ryan Moore. Yeah. Ryan Moore ranks number seven in my confidence. You betcha. Number seven in my confidence pool. Tenth in my aggregate model. Seventh in my overall stat model. Now, fifteenth in scoring. Eighth in approach. 23rd in my fairways and greens model. Missed the cut here last year, but was 40th last weekend at the Memorial. Ryan Moore, I believe, will be a good pivot from Doc Rodman because he will have very suppressed ownership. Again, this 8K range is limited in terms of talented golfers, but most definitely going to want pieces of Ryan Moore. Yeah, I don't disagree with there. Ryan Moore made... I have four golfers in the range. Oh, three, I'm sorry. I have only three, and Moore is one of them, so I agree 100%. All right, who's your last one? Uh, I think you might have some as well, but I think he's probably going to be popular coming out of this week, so I'll have to monitor ownership because he's just been slaying it since the break. It's uh, Henrik Norlander at uh, 8,600. Stats don't really pop for me when I look at just par 71, but he's only played 37 tracked rounds there. Uh, but I look at his confidence coming in to the season. He missed a cut at the Charles Schwab, but then he's just gotten better. Uh, 41st at the Travelers, 12th at the Rocket Mortgage, 31st the Workday, but then turned it around the same course and put up a 6th last week at the Memorial, and that's because his putter was on, 8.4 strokes gained. So, he is not historically a good putter on bent grass, but apparently no one in the 8Ks is because they're all terrible. He's 109th in the field off his last 59 tracked rounds, so that's all he has. But I'm going to go with the putter is hot, he's figured it out. His approach game is solid, his tee to green game is solid, his around the green game is where he struggles, and that really shouldn't come into play here. So, Henrik Norlander at 8,600 is who I want. Yeah, I got some more lander. I, I don't disagree with you here. And and there's a lot of guys to mention in this 8K range, but I think your bread and butter is in the 7K range. But just one more guy I want to mention. Ooh. And that's Brian Harmon at 8K. Um, 27th in the last 36 rounds in strokes gained total. 23rd in strokes gained tee to green. 20th in strokes gained short game. Uh, 4th in around the, around, around the green. But where Harmon tends to kind of kind of thrive is you know and, and I, this is just, it just seems like that spot where where he's going to turn it around right we got a miscut at the memorial miscut the rocket mortgage miscut at the travelers but a 28th at the heritage 23rd at the schwab so in in those two places where his approach game was on obviously he made the cut um, where his approach game was off he missed the cut and that's when we look at the three last tournaments plus his putter was off the last three tournaments um, I think the course is well suited for Brian Harmon, and I think he's a good pivot off someone like Max Homa, who's going to attract some guys. He's a good pivot off someone like Doc Redman, like we mentioned, is going to uh, to really get them some ownership. And if you can get Brian Harmon at 8K um, at suppressed ownership to get leverage to the field, and he's your leverage spot, Brian Harmon's my play for that. Yeah, I do like that. He's all, he's 18th on bent grass as well, putting, so that's pretty solid. 
Yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of things go well for him here. In the simulation model, you know, it doesn't love him necessarily, but um, he is f f averaging top 40. So, Sounds good. But take that with a grain of salt. Now, let's go to the 7K range. And this this is just where lineups are going to be broken this weekend. Yeah. Like, you have to get this range right. And not only that, you have to get the low-owned pivots right, um, especially if you're going to win a GPP. What are you looking at in this massive 7K range? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, this is a tough one for me. I'll start off with a guy that I, I'm still kind of on the fence about. Uh, it's Carlos Ortiz. Um, so I don't really play him a lot, but 7,700, he somehow grades out 12th on par 71s over his last 50 rounds. and. It's because everything he's got is in the top 20. Strokes gain to green is 20. Approach is 15. DK points is 13. And ball striking is just outside of it in 22nd. Um, he's been doing okay. The 48th the Memorial and the 61st at the Workday. Uh, back in June, he missed the cut of the Travelers, but got a 33rd at the RBC Heritage. His putter's been pretty good, even though historically he's been bad on bent grass. But, you know, they're... Seems to bent grass seems to give a lot of people some struggles. My concern with Carlos Ortiz is although he grades out well of his last 50 rounds on par 71 courses, over his last eight rounds, he has been pretty bad off the tee. He's lost strokes every event since February of 20 February 16th at the Genesis forward. He has yet to gain strokes off the tee. That's concerning to me, but it's an easy course, wide fairways, easy fairways, easy greens. I think he can turn it around here. I really do. And at 7,700, I don't think a whole lot of people are going to be on him. He's been under 5% owned since we've come back. Uh, mostly under 3% owned. So I'll give him a shot. 7,700, Carlos Ortiz. Not bad. Not bad. I, I, I like that call. I think he's going to be a little bit popular. He's been popular in the last few weeks. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he's been pretty popular the last few he weeks. He was 1.2% owned last week. That's popular for a 6K guy. He's 7K this week. I think I don't think anyone's gonna. I don't think a lot of people are gonna want to pay 7,700. I almost don't, but we'll see. Okay. Who you got? Who you got? I, I'm gonna go out there and and start off kind of kind of kind of crazy. Crazy. And go with Sam Ryder. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch. I, All right. Okay. Well, hear me out. No, I'm with you. Oh, okay. Good. I'm on. I'm a hundred. I was gonna say him next, but I'm with you. Go ahead. Oh, I'm stealing your thunder. I I thought I had a gem. I want to hear it. All right, seventy three hundred. Seventy three hundred. You look at his recent form. It's questionable. It's suspect at best. Okay. Um. In the in the in in the last thirty six rounds, Sam Ryder ranks sixty third strokes gained total, eightieth in tee to green, sixtieth in ball striking, 89th in short game. Whatever you want to look at, but. Of all the players in this in this 7K range, he has the best approach game overall. And I'm going to take Sam Ryder in that approach game at 7,300, which I don't think a lot of people are going to play for, play down starting their lineups for 7,300 Sam Ryder. I just don't I see I don't see it happening. Um, he's going to have single-digit ownership compared to the guys who are going to be higher owned in this 7,000 range, like Will Gordon, like Ortiz. And I know you don't think Ortiz is going to be chalky, but I'm telling you, he's going to be popular. He's a name that people have been touting recently. I guess he got fifth um, here last year, too. I didn't mention that. But uh, Sam Ryder, absolutely at 7,300. I think you could start your builds there and get some really unique choices. Finishing 34th here last year. Now, since our return 
uh, to PJ Tour. He missed the cut at the Schwab. 41st at the Heritage, miscut, miscut, and then a 7th at the Workday. Did not participate in the Memorial because he did not qualify for that tournament. But Sam Ryder, he's in play, 7,300. Good way to get unique. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I, he was the next guy I was going to mention. And for all of those reasons, I'm in. Sorry. So I will go with another one. Okay. Uh, this guy grades out extremely well for me. I don't, I don't know how. He's one of those... Early in the season, guy grades out at the top, and he's in the 7Ks. I'm going to play him. Uh, it's Scott Piercy at an even 7K. He grades out number four overall for me, and that's because he is, when you look at just par 71 stuff, last 50 rounds, 10th strokes gain tee to green, 12th approach, 9th DK points, 9th birdie or better gain, 4th good drives, and 10th strokes gain ball striking. That all equates to a pretty elite player overall. Putting? Terrible. 146 in the field over 100 rounds, bent grass. But... He got 15th here last year, so he did something right. So I don't know if it's the par 71. It's the easy to hit greens. He's getting close. Um, look at since we come back from the break, he's been pretty bad. 64th at Charles Schwab, missed cut at the Heritage, and a 62nd at the Memorial. The only thing he's done right is off the tee, which is pretty important here. So I'm going to take that as a, as a mark of confidence. Uh, his approach game finally gained strokes last week. Only one, but I'll take it. Green is good. Uh, we're, we're breaking through the all-red trend line that he's had since we come back. Uh, I think he gets it, things under control here. His worst area has been around the green. And I think we can throw that out. He's shown the ability to win here. He's 7K. He grades out fourth my model. I'm playing him. I'll be overweight on him. Scott Piercy. Scott Piercy. Always yeah, popular. Good. Always popular with you. He is. I've I've noticed that. Are we are we gonna long. are we gonna always are we gonna go with the always popular picks? Should should we? Wait. All right, I'll do it. I'll 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 do it. Uh, I will do it. I am going to go with Aaron Wise. Oh, See, I yes. not, I like okay. Miscut at the workday. I get it. Miscut at the Rocket Mortgage. I get it. Forty sixth at the Travelers. Miscut at the Heritage. Thirty fifth at the Honda. The guy is nothing like he was when he was third at Bermuda and making cuts like crazy in in twenty nineteen. Like the twenty nineteen version of Aaron Wise versus the twenty twenty version of Aaron Wise are are just completely different now. I want to point this out. Even though he missed the cut at the workday, he gained strokes in every major statistical category except putting. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that tells me that Aaron Wise is figuring things out. Now, you're going to get Aaron Wise at a very, very, very suppressed ownership, which I like having pieces of guys who are going to do that. He's not playing bad golf. In this field, he ranks 41st. In, in strokes gained total, and he's 37th in strokes gained tee to green. If he can just putt for four rounds, he could easily top 25, top 10, potentially top five. Now, obviously, we're, we're reaching when we get to top five, Aaron Wise, and guaranteeing anything mm -hmm. like that from Aaron Wise based on his recent form in terms of placement, but I think he's a sneaky play to really add some variance to your lineups. Concur. He grades out number six overall for me. I absolutely concur. I, I hope no one else talks him up because if he does, it's just going to raise ownership elsewhere. But yep. right now, I got him less than five percent. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll be. I'll, I'll have some wise. I I completely agree. All right, so I think we really just need to dive into these guys that we like in the seven K range because this is the bread and butter range, right? Yeah, totally, one hundred percent. And the next guy I want to mention is Johnny Vegas. And I hate playing Johnny Vegas because of his name because it's so badass. And he <laughs> always burns me when I play him. But 
he's another guy that just fits this course so well. Um, in terms of like the overall rank in this 7K range, he ranks number two. Um, but the one thing I like about him is his approach game. He ranks 18th in the field in my approach model, 13th off the green, and 6th in scoring. When you can get a guy at 7,900 who ranks in the top 10 in scoring, especially for a DraftKings scoring course, I'm going to take pieces of him like crazy. My confidence, he ranks top 10. And on Data Golf skill projection, he has 0.5 strokes gained statistically. So I think Jonathan Vegas is a very good option this weekend. Of course, his name naturally attracts people. You have Vegas in anything. It's going to get ownership. Hopefully, it doesn't go double digit. And if it does, then I'm going to say no thank you. But pay attention to that. Johnny Vegas. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good call. I like that. I do. Um, can you go again? Because my internet just froze. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, wait, no, 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 I'm back. Never mind. Take it back. We just reloaded. All right, so my next one, 7K, Chase Seifert. Uh, I really think that he's in a good spot here, and I don't think a lot of people will be on him. Uh, grades out 23rd overall for me, another guy that's at the flat 7K range. Um, so I've got tons of guys at like 7,000 to 7,200 that just free up so much salary you can do pretty much anything. Uh, overall, Seifert, you know, hasn't really played much, didn't play here last year. Uh, doesn't have a whole lot of history on par 71 courses, only nine rounds ranked, which isn't enough really to do anything. But we saw him last week after he missed the cut at the Rocket Mortgage back in uh, on the 5th of July. Uh, we saw him at the workday two weeks ago, and he got fourth, and he was just on it. Now, everything looked good. TD Green game looked good, approach game looked good, around the green game looked good, and putting was 6.8 strokes gained. Only place he lost strokes was off the tee. And that's historically been his problem when it's not his round the green game problem. But it's not bad. He's losing less than a stroke most of the time when he's in the red uh, for off the tee. Doesn't have a whole lot of history, so it's not a surprise that at the workday, when it was a little bit easier, he really shut off his game. Uh, another course here, it's a little bit easier. Uh, not a whole lot of things to worry about, and really there's not a whole lot of wind to worry about either. Um, and you also look at the limited uh, statistics we have on his putting. Grades out 14th on bent grass. Granted, it's only through nine rounds. I can't do a whole lot with that, but I'll take the trend. He's 7K. He doesn't grade out well, uh, but I'll chase momentum on Seifert and have some at 7K. Nice. Guy I want to mention is Troy Merritt. Yes. Troy Merritt grew up here, played this course a lot. So he's a hometown boy. Now, we've talked about the pressure of playing at home problem is Troy Merritt doesn't really get a lot of fanfare um, but um, I'll take pieces of Merritt just for that reason because he knows the course so well and he knows that it's a second second shot course um, you know other than that it, there's no statistical category that's going to pop out at you for Troy Merritt um, he was popular somewhat popular last week being the 6k range but recently his, his, his recent form is nothing to write home about <clears throat> um you look at the fact that he missed the cut at the Memorial. But before that, though, 22nd at the Workday Championship and 8th at the Rocket Mortgage, 60th at the at the Travelers. So since we've come back, he's missed two cuts with the Schwab and the Memorial. Um, was terrible last weekend, right? Lost five strokes total, almost three and a half tee to green. I mean, he barely gained a, almost a stroke off the tee, and that was the only bright spot. So he, he's a terrible, which is surprisingly be, surprising because Troy Merritt is typically a great win player it's just he had an off weekend but i'll go back to him i like that no issue no issue uh 
I don't really have a whole other guys that I'm like big on. I'll just mention that I've got pieces of uh, Sinjun Zhang at 7K as well. Uh, maybe some Ryan Armor and Siwoo Kim. I think are the three that I'll also play in this range. Okay. Um, guys, I want to mention are Substraka, Brandon Grace, yeah. and Wierenski. Oh, I like the Wierenski call. That's a good one. Uh, Wierenski for sure. And then um, maybe some Tom Lewis. Interesting. Not quite sure if I'm going to go with Tom Lewis because of, of the 7K guys. He, he does not do well in terms of all the stats I'm really looking at. But... Um, 12th at the uh, at the Rocket Mortgage. So maybe. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. But yeah, I see it. But maybe. I see. That was fun. Yeah, it was. Oh, for sure. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. All right, so this takes us to the Cutline Signature segment, Can't Do It, Won't Do It, where Zach and I will look at golfers who have double-digit ownership that we can not play. Can't do it. Don't do it. Zach, who is it, man? Who can't you play? It's a dynamic duo, and it's the... The brothers in arms at 11-2 and 11-5 is DJ and Brooks Kepka. I'm going to do it again. I can't play guys that cost this much that just aren't playing well. And for different reasons. Dustin Johnson's broken. Like, just mentally broken. I don't know what's wrong with him. Brooks Kepka is physically broken. His knee's fucked up. MRI proved it. He said it's not improving. Why are you going to pay 11-2 for a guy that's probably not even in it mentally? I just... I don't know what... Why? Why? Dustin Johnson wins one event in the last... I can't even... I don't even want to scroll down and see how many it's been. And they place him at 11-5? Why? Why? Not consistent. Why the hell are you going to pay 11-5 for a guy who's won one dinky-dunk tournament in the last 12, 8 months? I'm, I'm just guessing. I don't even know. It's been so long. And then Brooks Kepka. It's not a major, so who cares? His knee's fucked up. Who cares? And he's 11-2. Who cares? Skip both of them, make decent lineups, and just don't play these idiots. Can't do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say that I could argue against that. It makes sense, especially with the ease of the course. But um, first guy I want to mention here is Charlie Hoffman. I think Charlie Hoffman's going to gain some steam, especially with the seventh place finish at the Workday Charity Open, um, 41st before that. But the only reason that he finished in seventh at the workday is because his putter was just incredibly hot. And the last time his putter was that hot, he finished ninth at the Farmers. You know, other than that, you don't see a, a Charlie Hoffman that really dominates a golf course. Like, he needs a hot putter. And the thing is that bent, green, bent grass has been his worst putting surface. So I, I'm not going to be on Charlie Hoffman this weekend. Um, a 7K guy that's going to be that chalky. No, thank you. Um, I just don't want any pieces of you. And that's kind of where I'm at on Charlie Hoffman. I was going to mention Harris English, but I'm changing my mind on that. Hmm. Because 
he's been good for a long time. It's not just since we've gotten back from COVID. So I I was gonna mention Harris English, and and I think I think it is still a good idea to fade someone like that um, because he's in the nine K range, and you can probably gain some leverage there because some people will will do that. But um, I'm most definitely then just gonna go down to like someone like Russell Henley. Hmm. Or not Russell Henley, sorry. Eric Van Ruyen or Sam Burns. Or or like, you know, those guys are just gaining a lot of traction. So it's going to be one of those things where I look at ownership towards Wednesday and say, where can I get leverage on the field? And if Van Ruyen ends up being like 22%, like I'll just bet him, right? And skip him in DraftKings and I'll be cool with it. And if if it eats me on DraftKings, I'll live with it. It's fine. But I mean, EVR at 20%. Come on, man. No, son. Bermuda Burns at like 18%. Come on, man. Mm-mm. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. Anyone else can't do it? Yeah, I got one more. What the hell? I'm not playing Matthew Wolf at 9,700. It's just insanity. Okay, let me let me break this down for you. He is a this time of the year one hit, two hit wonder. So let's <laughs> let's break this down real quick. He won the 3M Open last year, July 7th, 2019. Guess what he's done since then? Crap. The only thing he's gotten is a Tournament of Champions, which is a no-cut event. Uh, in January, he got 11th. That's it. You know when he scored the, the, the next highest? The same fucking time this year at the Rocket Mortgage on the 5th of July. He got second at the Rocket Mortgage. So, if we go with our small pattern analysis, play him again next July. Otherwise, if he's above 8K, just forget about it. Not playing him. Okay. <laughs> July next year. Lock him in. Guarantee. And monster. <laughs> Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> A monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. <laughs> well, I guess that'll take us to our MG Monsters and Guarantee, where Zach and I will look at this 6K range and pick our monster. Our 6K player that we figure to finish in the top 25. And our guarantee, our 6K player that we guarantee to make the cut. We got one right last week. Both of us. Both of us. We did. Although, my guarantee ended up being also a monster. So if you played Patrick Rogers last week, there you go. Lucky us, lucky us. All right, we're going to go for a twofer monster this week. Yep. Why not, right? Why? We might as well. Why not? Let's get nuts. All right, man. Your segment, dude. Kick- um, kill Keith Mitchell. The dude can just overpower the ball. I, I mean, I, I don't like that he's priced at 6900 but he seems to do well on par 71 courses. Seventh in ball striking. So, yeah, he's got a history of doing all right. And it looks like he turned it on a little bit after just looking like shit since we came back from the break where he just got 64th and missed the cut three times in a row. But something clicked last week at a much harder event and got 22nd at Memorial. And it was because he did well everywhere but off the tee. And generally, he's okay off the tee. So we're going to flip-flop that around. 
He's going to get a top 25. It's an easy field. It's an easy course. What can go wrong? <laughs> a lot. A lot. He got 66 here last year. So, you know, he's going to make an improvement. I like it. I like it. All right, my first monster that I'm going to mention is Hudson Swafford at 6,700. Now, he did miss the cut at the workday, but before that, he had the 30th at the Rocket Mortgage, but did miss cut at the Travelers. But when you look at his stats in terms of his last 36 rounds, he's 49th in strokes gain total, 55th in T to green, 58th in ball striking, 58th in uh, short game, 53rd in approach, and 48th around the green. Um, Nothing really kind of jumps out at you, but when you look at it in my approach model that I kind of build, I really like the fact that he is just kind of one of those sneaky 6,700 plays that I think might be underpriced. Okay, so Hudson Swafford not going to be pop uh, is going to be somewhat popular. We're looking at six seven percent, but in my approach model ranks 13th, in my fairways and greens model ninth, in my scoring model ranks fifth. I like 6K guys that can score. I'm going to take pieces of them versus some of these other chalk guys at 6K that people like. Lots of Swafford. He's my monster. Monster. All right. All right, all right, all right. My my number two is another guy who just looks like ass on paper. It's Roger Sloan at 6,500. Grades out 109th in my model, but who cares? Uh, he's a pretty good putter on bent grass. He gets 41st in the field, which, again, isn't that great, but whatever. Because I'm going to go off of his historical finish here last year at 15th, which is good enough for a monster in my book. And... He's coming off a long series of just fucking trash play. Uh, he has made two cuts since November of 2019, which is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 events. So, 9 of 11 cuts. But his last made cut was at an easier version of the Memorial at the Workday Charity Open where he got 27th, just missing out on the monster. And that was because of the around the green game struggle. But his putter was good, and his off the tee game was good. And if I have those two things, I have a chance. And he's going to be under-owned. One percent, Roger Sloan. Huh. Roger Sloan. Roger Sloan. I'm going, I'm going for the home run this week. Damn right you are. Doing it. My next monster is the min-priced six thousand dollar Ben Taylor. Hmm. Last twenty-four rounds in my custom stats model. Ranks 25th in approach. That's what's key here. The 25th in the approach. Everything else is kind of in the middle. So we're, we're not going to be looking at like blowing your mind with the with the driver or anything like that. Now, he's okay on bent grass. Missed the cut at the Rocket Mortgage. That was the only time we've seen him since he's come back. The only time we've seen him is at the Rocket Mortgage. But the thing is, he's not playing terrible golf. Okay? And I get it. He's a six-gay guy that we've never seen. But the fact is, he's $6,000, and he's middle of the road in terms of approach. If he can find one of those weekends where he has a hot putter, we could see a top 25, especially with the ease of this field. Now, bad news with Ben Taylor. He's never top 25 in his whole career. Okay? (laughs) He's never done it. His best finish on tour is at the Bermuda, which kind of technically doesn't count, where he got a 28th place. Um other 29th at the Shriners right a lot of missed cuts in in his in his career now Ben Taylor's a high risk do you play him in single entry hell no do you play him in three max probably not but in MME you want a guy to potentially get you some scoring hopefully some scoring 
Ben Taylor's your guy. I like that. That's a, that's a good one. I like it. So my guarantee this week. But you changed that, didn't you? I did change it. I'm putting that. I'm just marking that down so I can score you correctly. Uh, so my guarantee this week is Chris Baker at 6,400, who doesn't have a whole lot of history, but you know he looks okay. He's played in four events since the beginning of the year, well, since late January, and he's made cuts in all four of them. Uh, 45th at the Rocket Mortgage being his most recent, and then before that, right before the break, he got 42nd at the Honda. So he's played in some fields. Um, doesn't have a whole lot of PGA history, but I think in an easy course here with a weakish field, uh, he's got a good chance to, to slide through the cut, and I don't think he'll be on. I think he'll get you some points. And I'm playing uh, Chris Baker at 6,400. I think it's safe to say and guarantee that Chesson Headley will make this cut this weekend. In his last 36 rounds, in my 3M open model, ranks 14th in strokes game T degree, 8th in ball striking, Fifth in approach, fifth in DraftKings points, Chess Nadley. I wanted to make him a monster, but it would have been too easy. Just going to make him a G. Guarantee. Boom. Making that cut. Damn. Making that cut. Duck, nice. duck, gray duck. I like that. Uh, any other 6K guys you want to mention do you think could help people build better lineups? Absolutely. Angus Flanagan. Yeah. Angus. Yes, for sure. Native Minnesotan. Do it. I think he. I think he's just gonna. He's gonna do something special this week. Probably, he's not gonna win by any means, but he's gonna make make some waves. Uh, That's it. I don't. I don't really, I, I mean, there's a couple other guys in the six K. Who do you got? I'll, I'll pull up my list. But I think I'll look at like someone like Adam Shank, uh, Matthew Naismith. Absolutely, gotta look at those guys. Vaughn Taylor. Oh, Taylor's Vaughn out. Taylor. Taylor's yeah. out. Oh, no, 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 no. Nick Taylor's out. Nick Taylor's out. Um, Vaughn Taylor's still in play. Maybe even go down to Cameron Davis at 6,500. Potentially Bryce Garnett at 69. Yeah, I like Bryce. You know, it's hard. Like uh, you know, going down, going down to to Ben Taylor, right? Went at a min 6K. That that's reaching. So, um, you know, sticking up in these upper sixes is is smarter with like someone like Bryce Garnett. Yeah, I like. Uh... I've got some place in my heart for Doug Gim at 6100. You always have places in your heart for Doug Gim. I do. I mean, I've always been. A, I've always been a fan. He, he played a couple of solid rounds last last year. The Gimmer. He's been struggling, but he's played. He's got it in him. All right. Just a quick highlight of the top ten in my 6K approach model. Number one, Ben Taylor. Number two, Swafford. Three, Merrick. Four, Chasen Headley. Five, Robbie Shelton. Six, Wagner. Seven, Streb. Eight George McNeil, nine Peter Uline, and ten David Hearn. Hearn, 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 so good. Hearn. Now when you look at cut percentage, in terms of lowest to highest, and we'll look at guys all below fifty percent to supposedly make the cut. That is Shank, Bryce Gar- uh, Garnett, Vaughn Taylor, Russell Knox, Danny Lee, Matthew Naismith, Cameron Davis. Joseph Bramlett, Keith Killa, Keith Mitchell, Bronson Burgoon, mm-hmm. Duffman, Chesson Headley, and Harry Higgs. So, throwing stats at ya. I like it. Stats. Stats. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. 
So that'll wrap up the cut line in our analysis of the 3M Open. Join us next week as we break down the St. Jude Invitational. Ah, oh, I hate WGC events, dude. Snore. I hate no cut events. Hate it. Hey, been a major after that. Thank goodness. Again, I want to give a huge shout out to Fanshare Sports PGA Tour. Would also like to thank Zach for his contributions to yet another amazing, great, fantastic show. Nice job, buddy. No, thank you. Way to do analytics and studying numbers. Shit. Numbers are fun. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. Listeners, want to thank you guys for checking in with us. Appreciate it. Our numbers are growing weekly. Like, we are just, we're hitting it, and people are listening to us, and they're catching on. So, appreciate the time you're giving us. Um, I'm Mike Cavalunas, at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S. And, of course, you can find the Cutline on Twitter, at T-Cutline. Yeah, yeah. Scores Paradise this week, boys. Let's have some fun. Yeah, yeah, win them. <laughs>